Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. This podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanton's with me. Hello. So is Daniel Chapman. Moscow White. Hello. This is the new podcast where we find out what's been said about Leeds United, both by you and by the opposition fans. First, we will take a look at what we got right, wrong, or somewhere in between on the match ball. Our TSB Plus subscribers sent us their feedback, and this is the stuff that they picked out from the scum game. Leeds fans seem to have enjoyed this game more than everyone else. I did notice that. I mean, Ole Out was trending in the wake of this, wasn't it, on, on Twitter, which is, is a, obviously a very sensible and measured place. I think Ole in. I've always been Ole in. Personally, ever since he's he's got that job, I think he's done a he's done a fine, fine job there, and I think he will continue to do so. Could you imagine the entitlement and mindset involved in being second in the Premier League and one of the richest clubs in the world, yet still being unhappy? I can sort of see the point, though, because he's not very good, is he? No, he's not very good, but still. But it is funny that they're stuck with him for now and that he's kind of stuck with half supporting the Glazers as well, which he's, he sort of knows that he needs them for that job. So he's like, well, yeah, I didn't like the league, but come on, let's all be friends again now and I can keep this job. Never mind those bastards. Let's talk about how great we are, because that's one of the things that people picked out. Dave from Baltimore was one of the people um, who picked this out. The fact that we're not having to worry about big teams. I'm using air quotes now. You can't see them, but I'm doing them. Big teams and the fact that Marcelo Bielsa seems to have solved them. Because we haven't lost at home to any of them, have we? It's all been draws. Uh, Brian was pointing out as well that we we seem to have pretty much lost that feeling of the team, big team's going to beat us and that's all right. We've managed to shed that. Yeah, totally. Within like 30 games of being in the Premier League, we was like, no, not anymore. We can win every game, potentially. I mean, we didn't have to worry about that too much after the opening day win over Liverpool. It was then Manchester City, I think, because of the, the way that the, the defeat at Old Trafford and then Spurs as well was so kind of total that it gets lost that we drew with Manchester City in, in the middle of that. And although the first half was frightening, the second half we were you know, as likely to score as they were and could have won that game quite easily. And then it's, um, but the fact we got a, a point at Elland Road has kind of uh, faded until the other so-called big clubs have, have come along and um, none of them have done any better. Kit wasn't impressed though. The most boring game of the season. First game of the season that a neutral will probably have switched off. And he rewatched on Match of the Day 2. We were the last on. Yeah, we were. He says it was justified, but it's because there were no goals. But don't you think it was quite an interesting game from just a general 
tactical attritional point of view, the fact that we managed to to shut them out when you contrast it with what happened at Old Trafford. I mean, there were parts of it when, and this will tell you who I hold responsible for the relative boredom of the game, when Lindelof is just banging balls over the top for Rashford to run in behind and Llorente is just reading them and heading them away. It was like the old days of Tom Lee's banging it long for Steve Morrison and you know, name uh, any championship defender just nodding the ball away. It's like Solskjaer and Warnock, you put a, a piece of paper between those two and I, I don't see the difference. Solskjaer can't be blameless for this, can he? Because I think people have viewed it as Leeds trying not to be embarrassed after what happened at Old Trafford. But Man United draw away games against good teams all the time. They constantly get nil-nils. I think they've done it against Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal. Well, maybe not a good team, but you know what I mean. They, go, they kind of go to these these away games and just think, well, we're not going to take any risks and we'll get onto propaganda in a bit, but some of the the more sane stuff on there were people just questioning why Cavani only got five minutes at the end and why Pogba was brought on too late and why they weren't attempting to actually win this, given they're pretty secure in the league anyway. They could have, they could have, if they wanted to, push on and try and win and they pretty much didn't bother. Well, you can understand them not liking Solskjaer too much, even though they are second in the league and it feels ridiculous we've played how many games 30 odd games that have been some of the most beautiful expansive expressive exciting football that the the sport has ever seen and then that fucking bunch of mouldy old bastards turn up at Elland Road and it's horrible so whose fault is it we also were doing it without Rafinha and Rodrigo as well who were that's where we spent the money and that's the the thing people say you know it's harder to score goals in the Premier League and and it is and that's why you spend 50 million pounds on them and when they're not there and you know we've got as good as he, he's been in his little cameos, Ian Paveda is our man to change it off the bench. It's not the same as bringing Pogba on, is it? But then did Pogba do much more than Paveda? Did nothing. I'd kind of, I feel that's one of the lessons that's kind of coming to light out of the Super League and the, the predicament that all those clubs have got themselves into with debts and so on. It's like, how much more have you got out of spending £80 million on Harry Maguire than we've got out of spending nothing on Pascal Stroik? That's the lesson that they've all never been able to grasp and that this summer when you know you had uh, Florentino Perez and Agnelli saying that if they if they can't have a Super League then they can't get involved in the bidding for Haaland buy somebody else other players get can in probably Pereira. yeah other- 50 million and you can have him I'll let you have that instead of 100 million 150 million for Haaland just get Pereira from us for 50 try and find the version of Erling Haaland that went to Leipzig for not all that much money have some fucking imagination for once. Speaking of imagination, that's what I was going to say about Solskjaer, actually, because he undid us with that plan at Old Trafford. He basically set up to do exactly the same thing again, didn't he? By putting like Daniel James on, who it turns out is not great, and not playing Pogba to undo us on the left. Because I think it was football ingenious uh, Jermaine Genus who said on Match of the Day, actually, that he was surprised that they didn't do something different down the left because Pogba's got the ability to cut inside and drag people around. But no... Just went for raw pace because uh, Solskjaer's shit. I did quite enjoy a few of the feedback. People were saying that basically just laughing at the fact Dan James is shit. Katie pointed out there her other half. I don't know why she's she's married him, but he's a scum fan. There's and still time. It's not it's not a permanent thing, is it? These days, marriage. I suppose not. I suppose not. You may remember the dim hours of the championship manager, the stream, um, stream along where we we encountered Katie and the other one. I mean, he seemed all right, didn't he, I suppose? Anybody does at that time of the morning. I think he's just pretending, isn't it? He's pretending, he doesn't mean it. But he's lumbered with Dan James, so we don't have to worry about him, which is funny. He is rubbish. I'll say it now. He'll never achieve anything in the game. <laughs> that's, what, that's exactly what Paul said, Moscow. He said, I'm so glad we didn't sign Dan James either. The first time I were on loan, he was rubbish. There you go. I don't have an original thought in my head. I'm like, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, just 
repeating what Paul has got to say. The two big chances that sort of fell Scum's way was the one where it, it was Dan James's ball. And I don't know what this says about the pecking order at Old Trafford, but when he saw Bruno Fernandes was there as well, it was kind of like he, he just panicked and tried to run away. And then the other one, when he the ball comes to him almost on the penalty spot, unmarked, and somehow he spends so long trying to decide what to do that Alioski is able to sprint back and take the ball off him. That's not good enough. Alioski was um, singled out, actually, uh, by Charlie. Uh, Buzzdog enjoyed Alioski's massive second half uh, tantrum where he didn't get that decision and he th- threw himself to the floor well, and hammered it, was, it uh, like an angry toddler in a play area. It was his yellow card when he stuck his bum out and um, stopped the breakaway and yeah he he, he did um, a full supermarket meltdown yeah he wants the Haribo just give him the Haribo it keeps I know I shouldn't cave into him to little Johnny but it keeps him quiet if I give him the sweeties he was probably our worst defender was Alioski but he was still fairly good it's just that everyone else was was absolutely brilliant yeah Charlie Paul Jack uh, and Liam all picked out the defensive lineup I mean that includes Calvin as well um, not forget he said he made um, Bruno Fernandez. he's put Bruno I mean it feels a bit familiar does that to me Liam so just take yourself off somewhere have a think about what you've done and don't repeat that he said he made Bruno look like Luke Murphy or Luke yeah as he should be known I, I, I really hope that's um, Lukey Millions is, is it, a proper name isn't is it? it crew now and I, ho- I don't know what squad number he's wearing but I hope his, his shirt just says Luke 10 <laughs> that was um, when Steve Harkness played for Benfica with Brian Dean um, with Graham Souness as manager he convinced them that his name on the back of his shirt, he went along with the thing of just having nicknames. So it, it said Steve. <laughs> it's like somebody had it for a birthday present or something out of the club shop. Steve three. <laughs> Charlie, impressed by the defensive display and improvements as well that we've seen across the season. Uh, Phillips was immense. He says, even Alioski was good, bless him. And Melier, 10th clean sheet. And um, he said, I think it was the first time the commentator didn't refer to him as the young Frenchman. Why? Because he's mature and way beyond his years. We are taking for granted how good he is to an extent now because he just gets on with things, doesn't he? I mean, with, with Kiko Kassir, he never had much to do and yet there was always something, wasn't there? That even even when he didn't concede a goal, there'd normally been a thing in every game where you'd be like, Jesus Christ, what was he doing there? Where he'd like he'd let it run across his line before kicking it clear or he'd come for a cross and miss it entirely or he'd go wandering upfield and try and reach a ball that's 40 yards from goal and they'd almost get in. There was always... There's just always something. I feel like Melier has got to the point now where, which is obviously going to come unstuck now we've said it, but where there's just not much drama around him. Yeah, I think part of that is the way that we're playing. Have you noticed that we're not afraid now to bang it long if it goes back to him or the fullbacks get it? Occasionally we'll go long and no, you know, nobody wants to see long ball football, but actually you, you appreciate when you've been pressed in the way that our team gets pressed. The counter press, I believe the cool kids would call it, um, that we'll just send it rather than trying to force it. And you think about, you know, when Melier got caught out, it was Arsenal, wasn't it? when he got caught out trying to play, uh, play passes around at the back, that we seem to have just eliminated that that risk from our game. And if it needs to go, it goes. And it sometimes makes things a little less nervy to watch. It's his um, control of, of other aspects as well. I was thinking less about his kicking and more about the two crosses that were chipped into our box in the second half that he just rose and caught. And it was so refreshing to see a cross above head height in our penalty area just being dealt with by a goalkeeper. Like, that's that's lovely. And his free kick uh, save from Rashford, he didn't have to move too far, but the ball was moving plenty. It was a knuckleball, wasn't it? It was, and it was kicked very hard and just a very good save with minimal fuss that 
kind of gets underrated sometimes. You, you want that security from a goalkeeper. Michael, you've been really up, you know, the forefront of the coaching game for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And one of your techniques is to hit the ball really, really hard. He did that. Did Rashford, has he been listening to you? I, mean, I know you can't sort of breach client confidentiality and that sort of thing, but... Yeah, there's GDPR stuff, but um, I think it's someone who's stolen my methods. It's, I wouldn't teach a, a scum player, even if he is a, a saint. Refereeing, we can't really look past that. And one of the things that we did get wrong was taking some internet clown at their word who suggested that Craig Pawson was the one who sent Berardi off in the second leg of the playoffs. Somebody tweeted that to us. We picked it up. We ran with it. So full disclosure, we got that wrong. It wasn't Pawson refereed the first leg. Although this might be a lie as well. And, and once yeah. again, we've fallen into the same trap. I've, I've, if only I've we not, did our own research. Have, have none of us checked? <laughs> this person's probably Should right. Should we just assume it's right? Yeah. Fine. But Leeds fans wouldn't lie to us. The, the first person was just mistaken. And the second person will be correct. But he is from Sheffield. That is a fact. So I think that tells us all we need to know. And it was pointed out to us that um, Pawson sounds a little bit like Pawsine, which means okay. like pig-like, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, on the Sheffield thing, um, Adsham said uh, that we might as well have had Chris Wilder refereeing it. Spitting his invective all over Pat Bamford. The unfairness of Bamford getting booked for booting the ball away and McTominay getting, uh, not getting booked for booting the ball over the bar into the south stand is one, and then looking back at the um, the Helder Costa assault by Wambasaka, how there wasn't even a free kick for that when so many. I mean, a lot of the free kicks that he gave were kind of pedantic. You can kind you can see there's been a bit of contact, and there's, you know an ankle's been flicked and that kind of thing. You can't go, well, you could give those for free kicks. So you know, it's kind of how the the referee wants to referee the game, whether they want to stop for all those or or let it flow a bit. But when somebody's being picked up in the air and thrown on the back, give a free kick for that. I think that's fairly clear. It if was, you're going to do all the classic Hulk Hogan, if you're going to do all the pedantic little trips and flicks and nudges and bangs and stuff like that, which you either can or can't, and then the bookings for them as well. I think that was the other thing that was annoying about him was that there was no kind of you know you've done three of those, so it's a yellow card time. It was always yellow card. Yeah, you never see totting up anymore, do you? The well, you do offenses. from a good referee. Well, the referee, he'll, he'll stand there and go, and, and he'll do that thing for the crowd, won't he? He'll go, point over there, then I'll yeah. point in a different direction, and then over there, so the crowd are very clear that I'm doing this for totting up. But the mad thing was, and you would do that because you want to stop a player from doing something, but he was booking players for doing things that they're just doing in the course of a match anyway. Nobody was scything anybody down. Nobody's going through anybody knee height. They're just kind of trying to get the ball off one another and... If they do that a bit wrong, then suddenly it's a free kick and a yellow card. But then, yeah, down on the touchline, Helder Costa gets his back broken and it's play on. Uh, thanks to Ralph, Adrian, Charlie, Elliot, Michael and Sarah, who all um, gave us stuff about the refs. I mean, Sarah just pointing out, she says, you need know, to talk a good bit about how shite the ref was, but I think it's worth reiterating how shite he really was. <laughs> he was, he, he, he ruined that game for me. There were just so many stoppages. It just made it impossible for anything to get going for either side. I mean, I know they were they clearly wanted the free kicks because they kept going down for them, but it just meant there was nothing going. It was a bit like the Wolves game insofar as it, it felt like it, it was just constant stop-start, nothing. There was never any actual play got going. It was just they'd attack for 30 seconds, then go down, then be a 30-second wait for a free kick. Pathetic. Interesting line from Charlie who says um, it would have been different had fans been in the ground with a different atmosphere there. It'd be different with us lot screaming at the ref and maybe they would have crumbled under the intense pressure and actually hearing noise in the stadium for once. I think you occasionally get those refs who take great satisfaction in not listening to the crowd, don't you? Where they kind of yeah. go, no, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be extra confident in this shit decision because I'm not being shouted at by you lot. And I think we've we've seen enough. 
Leeds Man United games over the years to know how yeah. they tend to go. And uh, Elliot pointed out the uh, thing we mentioned on the match ball, which was them telling the ref what to do from their bench. That's how it works now in At the Premier League. At least we could have drowned that out so we couldn't hear them. Yeah. That's one aspect. So we wouldn't... I mean, Oli Solskjaer doesn't strike me as somebody with a particularly loud voice and Michael Carrick with him. I don't know who else they've got down there. Probably Lee Martin or somebody... <laughs> Clayton Blackmore. Yeah, none of them really the the mouthy lot. Roy Keane's too busy on Sky to get involved with any of that stuff. So yeah, even if we couldn't have turned the referee in our favour, at least we would have uh, drowned out Luke Shaw's crying about throw-ins. Joe and Nigel both picked out what you mentioned earlier on, which was we were missing our attacking threat, um, our expensive signings, Michael. Uh, some of the other points that have uh, been raised, we did uh, mention Dean Henderson's baseball cap. Charlie's had something to say on that. Probably just best stick to the final sentence, which says you might want to say something non-libelous about that. Which I believe we did. Yeah. And that's where we will we will stick. Is, is Snapchat going to be included in this social, social media, media ban? Blackout. Yeah, blackout. Yeah, yeah. I think it's for the best if maybe all football, particularly that one, just takes part in that social media blackout for the forthcoming weekend. Don't you? And Scott pointing out that with the, he, the Dean Henderson looked like he should be um, terrifying old people outside the co-op. Rob did pick out... Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's manhood, I think metaphorically rather than literally. There was there was talk of that on, on Sky Sports. What did he talk about little Jimmy for? I'm I'm confused by this one. We didn't we didn't watch the Sky feed, did we? So we didn't get the treated to this. Was this was this part of the new Razzmatazz? Is is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank <laughs> helicoptering on the on the telly? <laughs> if, you, if anyone's got any any clips of this to send us, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it now. And let's finish on a nice note then. We had a, a nice point sent into us. Yeah, Phil just saying, more of a general point, he thinks it's time we got off the backs of Costa, Alioski, Tyler and others. He says, it feels like we spent most of the season labelling several of them not good enough. And whilst they might not be good enough for where we want to be, for here and now they're doing exactly what they were brought in for, promotion and safety. I think it's easy to remember though, that I think we all are grateful and that our match-by-match frustrations with any of these players, still, if you bumped into them in the street, you would treat them as heroes. You know, let's not forget that. Things said in annoyance on Twitter that disappear off into the ether during a game don't sh- you know shouldn't really stick around or be placed too much weight upon them. We need to always talk about Tyler Roberts as well, don't we? I thought it was good. I thought it was probably our most dangerous attacking player in this. Yeah, he's not stood out against the in the last three games. He's you know not proven himself to be a, a, a title challenging striker. But then I mean, neither did Bamford really. And against um, Liverpool, it was Roberts who was. Uh, setting up that chance for Harrison, didn't he? And then he missed the one him, himself. I think that's the the point Phil is making, is it's not only about the players got us to out of the championship in the first place, but they've got us top half of the Premier League, which is more than we expected from any of them. And I think the, um, I probably ranted on too much about Tyler Roberts last week, but the um, the point of that was that it that you feels, hate Jamie Shackleton. Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I believe my exact words were, I love Jamie Shackleton. And then we know, we know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> subtext is clear. The subtext is that when Tyler Roberts does do those things against Liverpool, like he'll, you know, he'll he'll do something good and then he'll set up a chance, but then he'll miss one. And it's always on the miss that then you just have to look on Twitter and you see people going, I think that proves it. Not good enough, never will be. And he's not looked any better or worse over these games than any of our other attacking players. And, um, and he's perfectly fine doing what he's doing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We turn our attention now to what has been said by the opposition fans about Leeds United and about this game. And we've dug through their fan channels. And uh, here we bring you the best slash uh, worst bits. There were a lot of people who sent us that um, young man who was ranting angrily and suggested we should use it for propaganda. We've decided not to. He seemed a bit too troubled. It felt like, it feels like punching down, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. So let's punch instead. <laughs> at some hooligans. <laughs> at someone who's been to prison for football violence. Yes. <laughs> the the punching is only going to be in one direction at the end of this, isn't it? I, I'm going to, I might stay quiet for a while and just let you... <laughs> Well, there's been a... Well, explain who they are first, Webby and O'Neill. Webby and O'Neill, these are the, the legacy fans. Yeah. We'll, we'll, refer, we'll call them that. Old school legacy fans. I reckon they're, more, they're like 80s legacy fans, aren't they? I, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realise. I knew they were, they were kind of a bit that way out, but Moscow's informed me that he was, <laughs> that O'Neill was branded Britain's worst football hooligan or Most something. Most notorious. Most notorious. Yes. Okay. The, uh, his jail terms um, encompass the 70s, the 80s, not the nineties, by the sounds of it. It was um, two thousand and one was the next time that he was uh, he was in trouble. A seven year ban from football. He's reformed. Well, so. I, I just want to say I'm keen to hear from Mister O'Neill. And do either of you two want to take responsibility for the first line that's on our prep sheet, which says O'Neill is the more annoying one? Who wrote that? Moscow wrote that. I did not write that. <laughs> and Moscow I... also said, you, with this recent trend of YouTubers wanting to fight each other, uh, Moscow said he'd, he'd have a good go at him. Yeah, it's the Logan Paul. And another one. The other one, yeah. That's the only one I know. Yep, so Moscow said he's, he said he's an idiot and he wants to fight him. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, to be serious for a moment, if that ever came to pass, I get the feeling that um, Mr. Webb and Mr. O'Neill would take one look at me and go, he never said any of that. <laughs> We're going home. <laughs> I'm also too small to fight. I've got a bad back and stuff. There's no need for it, is there? Well, then stop running your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were anyway. The first clip is them pre-game, uh, when they were confidently predicting an open game in a Man United win. And weirdly, they also seem to think Paul Scholes is their manager. It's been shown that there's no better team all season, right, just to exploit them spaces. Because we'll just destroy them a bit if they do that. I don't think It's the first, don't forget, yes. of four big games. Yes. So, tactically-wise, how do you see Scholes going at that? That's that's part. We play our right game, Shona. I think they'll be too 
silly if they come out like they did against us here. Yeah, yeah. Because before they know it, they could be two down again. But yeah. we know what they're going to get. They're going to be drummed into the head. They ain't Man United. They had the chance to come here to prove a point. And the point went out of the window after three and a half minutes. Yeah. Which is great. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. Great game of football. Yeah. I, I, I actually think it's going to still be an open game. Because no, no matter, they don't need to worry about playing defensive because they're in the Premier League next yeah. year. Yeah. Right? The yeah. point tally, they're safe, they're yeah. fine. So their philosophy, the way they play football, will not change. <coughs> which hopefully suits us. will be a great spectacle. Yeah. Right. And then what we'll do once we've won, yeah. right, we'll get the cameras and all that yeah. and we'll go down there and talk peace. Correct, yes. Right? Yes. And see what happens then. It's a very erudite and good point made by Mr. O'Neill there, I felt. And what beautiful voices as well. Like <laughs> like fine music. I've I've heard some uh, some terrific operas in my time but this is uh really knocks all of those into a a red and black bucket hat but we didn't let them win and it wasn't an open game and he was really cross about it to me united cruised through that game no pressure there was no pressure on them got through it leeds united to me webby i don't know we've had a chat off camera but to me 16 years they've been waiting for that game 16 years their biggest game at home against their fiercest rivals. And what do they do? Bottle it. Completely bottle it. The most attacking side, scoring goals, free-flowing, bottled it. Didn't know, did we, really? Do you think he knows how a microphone works? And he shouts a lot, doesn't Is he? It, maybe it's faulty and they want to make sure that the message it might be gets the other, through. He might be the other side of the room, Moscow, who knows? <laughs> yeah, somebody... It's unfair. Whoever has set that up is making him sound silly. Yeah. Move the microphone closer to him so he doesn't have to shout as much. But, I mean, they did say pre-game that if we attacked, they would win. So what did he expect? I don't know if he knows, but there's no obligation for you to go gung-ho in attack and leave yourself massively susceptible at the back, is there? I would also take issue with the idea that people have been waiting 16 years for this game. I mean, Ian Perveda, for example, Tyler Roberts from, you know, growing up in the Valleys of Wales, they've transferred in to the football club over the last few seasons and without fans there. I know, obviously, Calvin Phillips is a born and bred a Leeds fan and the affection and knowledge of what it means will run throughout the club. But a behind-closed-doors match between a lot of uh, 22 Premier League footballers, it's not the same. Next season will be different, Yeah, I, I would say. I think there'll be a lot more anticipation because I went into that fairly indifferent I feel like whole I'm, thing. I feel like I'm still waiting for that game. Yeah. That's what yeah. um what it is. It's we haven't played them yet. So we respectfully disagree with you, Mr. O'Neill. That's all. Yeah, they go on to talk about how um we didn't play like we normally did. Okay, well well, essentially we didn't play like we did last time, which allowed them to win. Um and they're really really annoyed about it. Even though he thinks Man United played brilliantly and were cruising through the game, they cruised to a nil nil and that was our fault rather than theirs. Today was just a team what has just learned a lesson in football. You can't play like Leeds United. They were frightened to death. Every Leeds supporter, right, was on the floor after 6-2 when we beat them. You were on the floor, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> laughing, right, and we destroyed them. Yeah. But today, there's one thing Leeds United set up to do, was not to be humiliated. This type of football they've been playing with Belsa, whatever his name is, the man what sits on a potty, right? This fella, right, oh, completely changed 
his mantra. He bottled it. Yorkshire was ready to cry today if we'd have won. Never mind how poor it was. They were ready to cry. United did the right thing for Manchester United. Drew nil nil. He's talking shit, isn't he? I'm sorry to say it, but he's just talking bollocks. The potty joke was quite funny. Yeah. I've not heard that before. That's an original take on the bucket thing. The notion that we've somehow crumbled our way to a nil-nil, I think is quite funny. Why didn't they just beat us then, if we were that bad? Yeah. It was an option that was on the table. To show how in control they were, they decided to just draw. He does seem to to claim that United got what they, they wanted out of the game. So that's you quoting him, by the way. That's not you saying that they are talking oh, no, no, United. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm using his his, his uh, vernacular. His vernacular. Yeah, um, they're just, United. Just, just to save you there from the backlash that would inevitably follow. <laughs> I would never. I would never. We are United. So fuck we all the, the best. So fuck all the rest. Yeah, fuck them all. But yeah, you know, it was there for them if they got what they wanted. This is again maybe goes to the heart of why Solskjaer is not the right manager for them because he's got them all conditioned into the idea that nil nil away really is teaching the rest of the Premier League a lesson. In the meantime, we're noticing a little bit of a trend here that there's a lot of O'Neill in this and Webby's just sort of his hype man in the background. It's kind of a lot, lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back to playing Liverpool. Can't wait for all three games. So we'll be back on Tuesday evening with the Roma preview. Any updates, any news, we'll be here. And I'll say once again to everyone, What's been involved yeah. following this channel and commentating? We're absolutely over the moon, and this is without fans. Yeah, no matches, no fans. Been terrible. We're here, and we love it, yeah. and we can't wait. Yeah. So thank you to everybody out there. Yeah. At least he's not calling him bro. <laughs> there is that the it's upside. St- still very Mancunian though, isn't it? Yeah, the last clip is just this is just a supercut of them talking about the game. And it's just how Man United fans talk about Man United in a little a little 30-second clip. But from a Manchester United perspective, from the point of view of Manchester United, that's what United are about. We was going mad for it. Manchester United got a bigger picture. United's got a bigger picture. And the picture of what we are. This is Manchester United, where we want to be. But we was mad for it, yeah. right? Mad for it. Manchester United... I just I heard a lot of noise there. <laughs> but did you see the bigger picture? It's how ex-players talk about it as well. This is Manchester United. This is Manchester United Football Club. It's a big picture of Andre Kanchelskis there. You don't get that anywhere else, do you? Can we have a break from Webby and O'Neill now? Yeah, let's have a young uh, idiot instead. Zogs. This is a, a man who does a watch along by himself on his sofa. And he's, he's very, very animated. For a game that was pretty boring and there weren't particularly any good chances, he was up and down screaming all the time and this is what you've got to do with the watch-alongs and, and it's the people have said to us why don't you do watch-alongs and because we couldn't I mean we're twats as it is but we couldn't do the jumping around the room we're not the right type of twat are we no, no you've got to do what other people do it's all just, performative it's, isn't it a lot of it it's exactly the same thing just the shirts change don't they oh Greenwood man why are you putting a play on the pressure man there's no one in there man there's no one in there man scuffed it Stay at home, man. Can we score from a set piece, man? Please. Stop conceding from him. Start scoring from him, man. Oh, Maguire, man. Come on, Bruno, man. Come on. Oh, come on, McTominay, man. You're passing too much to the side. Come on, Rashford, man. Oh, Maguire, man. Oh, James, man. Shoot, man. Fucking can't score one set piece, man. Just nil-nil written all over this game, man. What is going on this game, man? 
Oh, go away, man. Oh, what are you doing, man? Oh, it's nil-nil, man. Crap game. Absolute rubbish. Joke. Absolute joke. What do you think of that then, man? There's an awful lot of man in it. He's, he finds it impossible to say someone's name without putting man at the end of it, which is a weird little tick that he's got. I think he was... I don't know. I don't know which I prefer. I'm going to say I prefer Webby and O'Neill, to be honest. If they started saying man at the end of everything, you could just combine the two, really, couldn't you? Christ. Right, let's get on to this next one. Johnny United. Is that his real name? <laughs> I imagine so, yeah. I mean, Johnny's... Ch- changed it by deed poll? Johnny's a man who I assume is choosing to put videos online, but films it in such a way that it's like he's been forced to do it by his mum or something. Hi guys, match reaction to Leeds United, Man United. Uh, look, I'm not ranting and raving today. You know where I, you know where I am on Ole. I want him out, and this is just another example. Just fucking, what was that today? It was just fucking boring, turgid football. What is our style of play? Like, what is it? What do we do? Fucking Dan James ineffective. Honestly, why is that our club? McTominay didn't do fuck all. Fred did okay. Fucking uh, who else? Forwards, you know, ineffective. Greenwood did okay. But Rashford, I thought Rashford was shit today. I've got to be honest, I thought it was shit. I'm just fucking, I just don't want Oli next year. I don't want him here. I'm not, being, I'm not going to start abusing him. and I'm not going to start abusing him. But Oli again now with his substitutions. How the fuck did McTominay and Dan James stay on that pitch for 75 minutes? Sorry, McTominay stayed the full game. And then he banged a beak on for fucking two minutes plus stoppage time. That's a piss take. It's a fucking piss take. How can you not get... How can Donny not get... It? You can't tell me Donny won't do a better game than fucking McTominay or Fred today. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's just fucking crap football. You know, Lee's one of our rivals. I went to their ground today and fucking, you know, they got beat up practically. We got threatened. I want to beat us fucking rivals. You can't tell me that Ollie went for that game today. And I know the top four is secure, but you always want to beat your fucking rivals. Liverpool, Man City and Leeds, I want to beat them bastards. And I really don't think Ollie went for it. I just don't. He started Dan James, he fucking sat back, so that plan didn't work. So why not change at half-time? He's never proactive. Ollie is never proactive. These late substitutions, it's why I can't get on board with Ollie, I can't. I'm not going to abuse him today. I am Ollie out, but it's about the glaze at the minute, but this is why I don't want this manager next year. I'm fucking sick of it. Just shit football. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end in there that was like a, a car with the handbrake off at the top of a hill wasn't it it started rolling slowly and then by the time you got to the bottom of the hill it's out of control Jesus oh Johnny it's really fascinating for a, a team to be second in the Premier League they've got a Europa League semi-final coming up they've got a Europa League semi-final coming up and I remember during the the match Michael was saying how great it would be to be playing Roma in a Europa League semi-final. What could be better? That's something we really all want. And yet you've got fans actually identifying themselves as I am hashtag Ollie out. Like, I can understand maybe not enjoying the style of the football and thinking it could be improved and all that, but to be, you know, imagine he goes and they're, they're lifting the trophy in a couple of weeks when they've won the Europa League and they're all very excited about it. And you're looking at the manager who's brought this, this glory to your club going, can't wait to get him out of the club. Out, out, out. I'm absolutely delighted, guys, but I'm still only out. Thanks. See you later, guys. Just a strange, strange way to be. The wider world of propaganda, then. We've heard some uh, some other stuff from some fan favourites. Our mate Stevie Nichol. 
He's been on holiday, so we didn't hear from him last week, but he's back. And though he didn't cover our game, uh, he was asked about the European Super League and he included a reference here that I just, just didn't see it coming. Stevie, is there any scenario where you would support something akin to the European Super League for Liverpool? This is something that happened while you're on holiday, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no. I mean, you talk about you talk about killing the rest of football. Um, you know what? When I, when I was going through it all, you know what it reminded me of? Disney's the Lion King. Oh, all the big greedy ones at the top, and they get everything and they kill everything off. That's exactly what crossed my mind. The Lion King. So, so Scar, you're you're thinking about yes. Scar? Yeah. yeah. The, the there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it just happens with a bunch of them. Not just one guy. There's a bunch of them. Oh, what a lovely little, I haven't heard that. Little Anyone? Tottenham's and your Arsenal's. Yeah. Your hyenas. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A Matata. Woo! Okay. They're taking the piss out of him, aren't they? They're mocking him without him realising. I, I mean, I think he's sort of in on it. I just thought, I just really love the idea of him watching it. <laughs> the most morose man on earth watching a kid's cartoon. Yeah, I assume you've seen it, Dan. You've yeah, yeah. Have you seen it, Mosca? I mean, I'm familiar with it. Uh, do you know how the film ends? Do you remember? Yeah. Big fire, isn't there? Yeah. That's what Stevie likes. That's drawn in by the shiny, shiny flame. Yeah. Just watching the main <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> Did That'd go up lovely, that. I mean... A singing animal, though. <laughs> Once you've taught it songs, you that giraffe's out of control. You're not going to be able to get that into a flatback for good in the air, but I don't need to hear it singing. There was just that um, that sort of dark subtext as well to the entire thing of where he said, hey, it's killing the rest of football. I wish someone would kill me. Just bring on the darkness. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were to describe, I mean, the uh, a synopsis of The Lion King, to somebody who hadn't seen it, would it be what um, Stevie Nichols said there? It was like, oh, the, all the animals, the murdering the other animals. It's like, it's, isn't it the, the nice parts about like there's the baby lion becomes the king and all this kind of Spoil, Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, I've not seen it, even I know what happened, so there we go. Um, but that's not really the focus everybody has, is oh, the, the scenes of murder. <laughs> It's harrowing. It's about Simba and he's singing some nice songs. The children, they cried for weeks. <laughs> and that was why we went. No, you're not watching the end of this, children. You can just watch the murder and the death. Every, every film in the Nickel household just got ended. Pressed stop at the, bad, at the worst part. There you go. Bambi's mum shot the end. Listen, Simba's king now. Better be dead soon. <laughs> everything you see on screen, everything... On the planes, the birds, the monkeys, the lions, they'll all die. <laughs> Let's go on to some Liverpool leftovers then, because uh, obviously we did the Scousers on a, a propaganda a couple of weeks back, but we've had some more stuff that we, we need to share with you. Yeah, we do, because it was all very reasonable, wasn't it? This, I mean, this is Anfield Agenda, which is the man who sits in a kind of Goldbridge-style um, virtual studio and this was his reaction to us getting the late equaliser which was just not good enough to be honest corner to Leeds right hand side signals given four minutes left ball into the box it's 1-1 one, one. it's in the back of the net and Leeds have scored Lorente with the goal 1-1 one, one. probably no less than Leeds effort deserved ball in left unmarked at the back comes in gets ahead in it nothing Allison can do when it's 1-1 one, one. not very animated then was he not good enough but Paul Kelly sent me this on Twitter, which was his reaction to Newcastle's goal. So we'll just have to pretend this was in our game and enjoy it. 
Always said VAR was the perfect system. Always said it was the way forward in football. Never doubted it for a minute. Look down. The rules are the rules. We've had goals ruled out this season. Firmino for a handball on the halfway line and the build up to a goal. Them's the rules. Unfortunately, Newcastle go long diagonal. It's knocked down. No. Now it's one one. Fuck! How did we manage to do this again? Jesus Christ! You're an absolute bunch of fucking clowns. Yet again, you found the way to fuck yourself out of three points. You fucking clowns. Him! A simple diagonal ball into the box! You've already got away with it a minute ago! And there you are yet again! Have another one! Have another one! Look! Have another one! Knock it down! Have an open goal, lads! Just give it to them! Just fucking give it to them! You've got off the hook! And now you let a simple diagonal ball! Fuck's sake! That is a treat. <laughs> I enjoyed every moment of that. From the, uh, from the, ah, uh, never mind, that's what VAR's there for, to the, Oh, you found another way to fuck yourselves. <laughs> is just perfection. I don't know which kids' parties he went to where the clowns were finding new ways to fuck themselves, but it's no wonder it's left an impression on him. And that wraps up this episode of Propaganda. We'll be back with more after we've faced Brighton. With more ways to fuck yourselves. Uh, we'll preview that game. We'll cast our eyes across the latest news and pick our heroes and villains from this week on the weekly show, which will be the next one to appear in your feed. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. The Square Ball Podcast. 